Hey, everybody, I'm going to introduce you to a couple of gentlemen. I want you to learn what these two have in common and how they are different. Okay, question is, how are these guys, what do they have in common? Senator David Rice Atchison, who lived in the 1880s, and Ryan Suckup, a field goal kicker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What do these two have in common? You're thinking, not much. Well, they, they have one thing in common, and that is they were both given very unusual opportunities. So let's start with David Rice Atchison. Uh, David Rice Atchison was a senator from Missouri, and he served one day as the president of the United States. It was an odd circumstance. It was the last day of an administration. Here's what happened. Uh, on Sunday, March 4th, 1849, Vice President George Dallas had resigned, leaving Atchison, the president of the Senate, he was the head of the U.S. Senate, uh, was next in line for the presidency. James Polk, who was president, resigned his office a day early to head home to Tennessee. Zachary Taylor, the new president, refused to take the oath of office on a Sunday for his spiritual beliefs, his religious reasons. And although David Rice Atchison never took the oath of office, he, he did serve as one day as president of the United States. In fact, on his tombstone, here's what it says. President of the United States for one day, March 4th, 1849, David Rice Atchison. What's interesting is that History records that because of fatigue from the inaugural partying the night before, David Rice Atchison slept through the entire day of his presidency. <laughs> he didn't do anything with that opportunity at all. Then what about Ryan Suckup? Ryan Suckup is uh, a field goal kicker, but what's interesting him is, is that he was termed Mr. Irrelevant. Since 1976... Uh, there has been a term applied to the very last football player chosen in the NFL draft. And that term is Mr. Irrelevant. That means he's irrelevant because there's no way the last guy picked in the uh, draft is ever going to make a team or ever make a difference at all. But Ryan Suckup uh, proved all of his critics wrong because not only did he make an, an NFL team, uh, not only did he... Uh, he played for some amazing teams and is still playing. He actually set records and last year he became the first Mr. Irrelevant, last guy chosen in the draft, to actually win a Super Bowl. And he kicked several extra points and a field goal to uh, help the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to their Super Bowl victory. So he made the most of his opportunity. So what they had in common, they were given great opportunities. The difference was one made nothing of his opportunity, the other made a bold move and made the most of his opportunity. Today I wanna to talk to you about making some bold faith moves. Uh, two in particular, one, I'm gonna have you write these down uh, either on a card that you were given if you're here in person or by texting your answer uh, at the end of the message uh, about what are your bold faith moves. We do this each year and I want you to be considering what is your bold faith move for spiritual growth and what's your bold faith move for spiritual influence, all right? So let's talk about it. Today, two bold faith moves. I'm going to ask you to write down, turn one of those, if you have a card, one of those in and, and keep it here. The other one you'll keep for yourself for the year to come, all right? So why? Why are we asking you to do 
two bold faith moves. Well, we want to keep growing and we want to keep impacting people. And what I want to say as we uh, continue this living as light series in the book of Acts is that every light matters. Every believer in Jesus matters for the advancement of God's kingdom. Every light matters. Your light matters. It matters what you make of your life. We care about that. And so uh, what you're going to learn today together as we look at this uh, interesting uh, passage, short little passage about a man named Apollos, is that uh, you can make a difference. You can make an impact and that it does matter that you're involved. The principles that we're going to learn today will help you advance the work of God in you to make you more and more like Jesus, but also uh, to advance the work of God through you as you're a light to other people. So walking in the light and then shining your light for Jesus. All right, first I want to read the entire passage to you uh, together from a translation called the New Living Translation, just to get a feel for this passage. Okay, here we go. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, an eloquent speaker, who knew the scriptures well, had arrived in Ephesus from Alexandria in Egypt. So Paul has, uh, he has actually left Corinth, the Apostle Paul. He's come to Ephesus, uh, or he's on his way there. And, uh, and he, he, this man is now brought up to us. He's mentioned very infrequently in scripture, but he's important. He becomes important. He doesn't start that way, but he becomes that way. So keep going. He had been taught the way of the Lord, and he taught others about Jesus with an enthusiastic spirit and with accuracy. However, he knew only about John's baptism. So something was missing. He didn't know all the message of Jesus yet. When Priscilla and Aquila... Uh, the, these are these folks that have been helping Paul in Corinth and now are in Ephesus, uh, heard uh, uh, Apollos preaching boldly in the synagogue. It says they took him aside and explained the way of God even more accurately. So they kind of caught him up to speed. So Apollos now has been thinking about going to Achaia, which is Corinth. Uh, it's the region of, uh, where Corinth is located. He's thinking about going from Ephesus to Corinth to join the church there and to, to make an impact. And it says the brothers and sisters in Ephesus encouraged him to go. Go for it, Apollos. They wrote to the believers in Achaia, that's Corinth, asking them to welcome him. So they kind of affirm him and say, receive this guy. When Apollos arrived there, he proved to be of great benefit, great help to those who, by God's grace, had believed. All right? He refuted the Jews with powerful arguments in public debate. And using the scriptures, he explained to them that Jesus was the Messiah. So that's the story. In a nutshell, uh, in this early days of the church, in the book of Acts, and Paul has been working at Corinth, and Priscilla and Aquila have gone now to Ephesus, a man came from Egypt, from Alexandria, and he arrived and began to teach uh, openly in Ephesus. But he wasn't informed about everything, so Priscilla and Aquila kind of catch him up to speed. This was before the days of email and newspapers even. So he had some gaps in his knowledge. And once he got that, he was amazing. 
He was a powerful, gifted man, and he, he put it all together. And then God put it in his heart to, to leave Ephesus and to go to Corinth. And when he went to Corinth, he made a tremendous impact on people. And he, uh, he was an incredible defender of the Christian faith and an incredible light for Jesus Christ in the great, huge city of Corinth. So my question for you, and he shows up here briefly, Paul mentions him in 1 Corinthians, where he said, I planted the seed in Corinth. He started the church there. Apollos watered it. In other words, he followed the apostle Paul. He says, but God made it grow. It's all about God, all right? And then he's also mentioned just in sort of a greeting way uh, in the book of Titus. So we don't know a ton about him, but we know he was an incredible man. And we ask yourself, why, why is this story even included in the book of Acts? Why is it important? Uh, and, and I think the reason is because even though to us he seems like an unsung hero, he's not known well to us, in the early days of the church, he w really was a powerful key figure. Now, guys, he could have been Mr. Irrelevant. He, he, he could have taken those gifts and abilities and really nothing ever happened with them. But instead, through the steps that he took and the character that he had, he himself grew in his faith, spiritual growth, and he also had a profound spiritual influence on other people. So Apollos does matter. And someday, those of us who know Jesus are going to meet him face to face in, in eternity. Uh, and we're going to see what an incredible person he is. But I point this all out to you because every light matters. Every person who follows Jesus matters. Every person who's made the image and likeness of God matters. But we, as followers of Jesus, have a particular opportunity to maximize your light matters. You matter in the advancement of the kingdom, in the way that you become more and more like Jesus, and in the way that you influence others spiritually and help them take every step closer to Jesus. So today it matters. You matter. Your light matters so much that I'm going to ask you at the end of this message to write down two bold faith moves, one for spiritual growth, the other for spiritual influence. So let's dig into some specifics about this light named Apollos, and let's find out what we can learn from his life and the way he lived and the way that he made an impact, all right? We can all learn from him. Here we go. First principle I want to give to you about your light mattering and how you can grow and make a difference is your nature and your experience matter. The way God wired you and the experiences of life that you have, they matter. They matter in how you grow and how you impact other people. So let's look at the passage. Now, Look at all the information we learn about Apollos here. He says, now, uh, a Jew, so here we have a Jewish man, that's his ethnicity, named Apollos. We get his name, a native Alexandrian. We get where he came from, Egypt, Alexandria, one of the greatest cities and an intellectual center in the uh, ancient world. Uh, an eloquent man, so he was extremely gifted speaker, uh, who was competent. The word there, competent, can actually be also translated uh, mighty or powerful in some translations. That's the way it's, it's, it's stated. He was powerful, he was mighty, he was, had a lot of abilities, skilled in the use of the scriptures. He was mighty in the scriptures. He was very, uh, had a lot of abilities handling the word of God, the Old Testament scriptures. And he arrived in Ephesus. So for some reason, he's made a journey from Alexandria, Egypt, 
to Ephesus in what is modern day Turkey. So in one verse, we learn a lot about this guy. We learn about his context, his ethnicity, he, he kind of how God wired him, his gifts, his abilities. And all of those things matter. You're going to see as it comes, all of the things that made him Apollos mattered in the advancement of a kingdom in him and through him. I want to say to you, all your DNA, all your ways that God has wired you, all your gifts and abilities, they all matter. And oftentimes at Valley Church, we talk about shape. So I want to ask you a few questions, and this helps you to get to know a little bit more how God might be using you uh, to make an impact. So shape, it's, it's an acronym that stands for how God wired you uh, for serving others and even for growing yourself. The first is S, is spiritual gifts. What are those gifts that God has given you that are distinctly a part of, as you've become a follower of Jesus, you're now able to do things that maybe you couldn't before. Maybe they were natural gifts, but they, they were enhanced because the Holy Spirit is now working with you. What are those? And we all have them. Some are more public. Some are more private. There's all different kinds of gifts that the scripture describes. Then we have H. What's your heart? What do you love to do? What's your passion? What are those things that get you jazzed? That's another way God's wired you. Uh, the A stands for abilities. What natural abilities do you, do you have? Are you good with numbers? Uh, do you like to take uh, pictures? Uh, maybe God's wired you to be a really nurturing person or a very careful person in, in carrying out tasks. Whatever it is, you just have abilities that not everybody else has. They're unique to you. Uh, other people might share those abilities, but God wired you specifically with some unique combination of natural abilities. And that's part of who you are. P stands for your personality. Are you more of an extrovert or more of an introvert? Do you like to be in front of people and connect and you get a lot of energy from lots, of, uh, lots and lots of people around you? Or maybe you get your energy from being by yourself or with a very small group. Uh, those are all about your personality and many other aspects of your personality. And then the last letter is uh, E, stands for experience. What ha have you experienced in your life that somehow has helped you to grow in Christ and also helped you to serve other people or help other people, bless our community, whatever it might be. And by the way, the experiences are not always good experiences. Sometimes it's hard experiences that actually shape you and mold you to make the biggest impact. Just one example, somebody who's been through some kind of health crisis or, or a painful relationship uh, crisis, they oftentimes are able to help and encourage and even counsel people who've been through similar experiences. So God doesn't waste any of your experiences. He uses them in you and through you. So that's the first principle, your nature, how God wired you, and your experiences matter in all these things. Let's keep going. Second principle is that your knowledge and your enthusiasm matter. Both of those things, what's up here, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and also your enthusiasm, your passion, your, 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 you, you want to get it done, how fervent you are about, uh, about things. So here's what it says about Apollos. Apollos, had been instructed in the way of the Lord. So yeah, he, 
he knows the way of, of Jesus, uh, and he, he knows about the life of Jesus, so he has some knowledge about, about uh, Christianity. And, and then it says, and being fervent in the Spirit, he didn't just have this, he was fired up by the Holy Spirit. He was passionate. He was an active person. He was a get-it-done person. It mattered to him. And that's going to come out different ways in different personalities, that passion. But there's a fire within us that the Holy Spirit can light and so you need both of those, both that knowledge and that want to. Not just you know how to or what to do, but there's a passion. There's a fire, want to do it. And it says he was fervent in spirit. He was speaking and teaching accurately about Jesus. So he had knowledge and he was imparting truth. Although it says he knew only John's baptism. And I'll explain that in a little bit more. But basically, he wasn't completely clear about all the Christian message. He may not have completely understood uh, about the baptism in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He may not have been aware of what's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That is when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and indwells us and renews us. He, he, he had the Spirit of God, I believe, but he may have not understood all the aspects of it since Pentecost had come and many others had experienced that. He just had a few blanks that needed to be filled in in his knowledge, but his knowledge was extensive. And then it says he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. You get that word? Boldly. So again, he's using his natural gifts and ability and his knowledge, but he's doing it with enthusiasm. There's a boldness to it. There's a fervency in his spirit. That's what we're talking about. So the thing I love about, I love this guy, Apollos, because he had both the knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and a zeal, a passion, a drive. And if we're going to grow spiritually, if you're going to grow spiritually, and if, if I'm going to make progress, I need to, I need to have both. I need to have an understanding of the ways of God through the word of God and through prayer and through uh, spiritual disciplines and through community and learning from one another. And I also need that enthusiasm. I need a fire within me. And if you have one but not the other, uh, it can cause problems. If you have neither, then you really got problems. But if you have one or the other, or maybe one's a little bit short these days, maybe you've gotten a little off track. Okay, let's pick it up. Now, I love the book of Proverbs because it's so practical. And in one place, it says, zeal without knowledge is not good. Ponder that for a moment. Zeal without knowledge is not good. In other words, if you're just fired up, but you don't know what you're doing, that, that, that can be really problematic. You're like a roller coaster that's off the rails. I mean, things, life gets dangerous. People get hurt if you're just passionate. People who really lean into only that enthusiasm, that zeal, they can be easily susceptible to jumping on every bandwagon that comes along in the Christian faith or just even in culture. They just, they just jump on bandwagons. Sometimes people that have that enthusiasm can lack knowledge in that they lack discernment. They, they don't know the difference sometimes between truth and error or, or falsehood. Uh, and so there's a lacking of that discernment. Sometimes people who have just the zeal, they don't have the knowledge, they're not well grounded in the faith. So they, they make mistakes or they uh, misinterpret situations or they misinterpret the scriptures. Um, they're lacking in wisdom. And so in some ways, it's kind of the, instead of ready, aim, fire, they're like that ready, fire, who knows where it's going. And then they figure out, maybe I ought to aim this. You know, you see this a lot in a lot of different places, but one I'll mention is, it's just the business world. 
And there's people that are really passionate and they have a lot of great ideas, um, but they don't have a sound plan. They, they don't know where they're going with that. And so oftentimes they, they have a lot of enthusiasm, but they don't have the savvy, they don't have the wisdom, they don't have the street smarts, and they don't have the biblical uh, guardrails to keep them on track. And sometimes they just fail, uh, fail in their businesses, but sometimes even fail um, in following Jesus in a way that really uh, grows them and also attracts other people to the Christian faith. Um, so we need, we need passion, but we also need knowledge. Um, it says the fool, Proverbs says, the fool does not delight in understanding, but only wants to show off his opinions. So they're passionate about stuff, but they don't really uh, totally understand where they're going. The other end of the spectrum is the person who has knowledge alone, but, uh, but they don't have the passion. This can be a huge problem. Scripture says, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If you're super uh, knowledgeable, maybe in the scriptures, you know a lot about life, you got a lot of wisdom about different things in life, uh, but there's no passion there. Maybe, maybe you're prideful. Maybe there's arrogance there that, that, uh, that you, you, you just kind of come across as a know-it-all. Maybe there's a laziness. Like you know what you should do, but you just don't get it done. It, it was said of one guy, his get up and go, got up and went. Yeah, he, he didn't have that passion anymore. He knew what to do. Lots of people like that. Uh, people with just knowledge and not much passion, their faith can become very dry, very uh, kind of academic only. It's just up here. Uh, or they can become very certain of their things and become mean-spirited to people that, that don't agree with them. They're just very knowledgeable and they kind of let other people know it and they, they, they really offend people. So we, we want both. And, and I love it because Apollos had knowledge and enthusiasm. And today I'm going to tell you, uh, it's really important for us to all of us, myself included, to have both those. Do you have knowledge and do you also have enthusiasm? All right, uh, let's keep going. Principle number three, your humility and growth matter. Here are two more traits that Apollos had. After Priscilla and Aquila heard him, that's Apollos, they took him aside. Uh, the word here can mean to welcome or to receive him, to bring to your home. So they did this privately and it said, and explained the way of God to him more accurately. So Apollos was a very gifted guy. He knew the way of the Lord, he knew the scriptures, but there were some gaps in his knowledge, just the way the gospel had traveled in the, in the ancient world and maybe he had missed out on some things. And they just very privately took him to the side and said, hey, we care about you. And we just want to explain a few more things that you, you want to get caught up on. And, you know, for a guy who's so gifted and so uh, knowledgeable, uh, it took a lot of guts for Priscilla and Aquila. They're, they're kind of a power team themselves um, to, uh, to take him to the side and, and say, hey, we just want to catch you up on this stuff. You, you're, you're, incredible, uh, you're incredibly gifted and you're, you got it all down. What you're saying is true, but there's a few things we just want to fill you in on. That's what they did. And I love this. Priscilla and Aquila are, are wonderful people. They're humble. 
people, but, they're all, but also Apollos is humble because we see for the rest of the passage, he took that to heart and he became even more powerful. So they weren't overbearing in the way that they explained it to him. Uh, they didn't go in there and, and put the hammer down. They didn't insult him in front of everybody and say, dude, you're, you're, we're way off. Stop talking. No, they saw him and his giftedness and abilities and his passion, and they just humbly, and he humbly received it, and they humbly shared with him. So here's what I'm learning. Your humility and your growth matter. Both of those things, my own humility before the Lord, am I open to, to, the, to needing to grow in my own faith uh, that it's possible, and, and, and all of us, it's true of, that we all have our missing pieces of our faith. We're not 100% of the way there, there yet. We have lots to learn. We also have blind spots because we don't even know what's missing sometimes. We all have our blind spots. And you say, well, I don't have any blind spots. The first sign that you, that you have a blind spot definitely is if you think you don't have any blind spots, all right? Because you certainly do. And your friends, if you ask them, what do you think are my blind spots? They probably will point it out to you. Uh, and if you're married, I bet your spouse will. So we, we, need, we need to recognize uh, that we don't have it all together, that um, we, need to, we still have lots of things to grow in, um, lots of areas to develop in. There's humility there. So today, what are your areas maybe that you need to grow in? And maybe that's your part of your bold faith move today as we talk about this. And, um, you know, uh, I, I just want to say this. Um, somebody said to me one time, he was referring to men, but, but uh, it, I think it applies to all of us. He said, every man is like the moon. Every man has a dark side. And so, yeah, with all the strengths and, and, and uh, positive things that everybody brings to the table in their own uniqueness, there's also stuff that is, 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 is areas that we need refinement and growth in. And it might be in knowledge, it might be in character, it might be in understanding, it might be in compassion, it might be in uh, patience. I don't know what it'll be, but it's something there that we all need that, um, that we need the area of growth in. The Apostle Paul said, in 2 Corinthians, so writing to Corinth, he said, um, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. The interesting thing about the Christian life is that we actually grow older. If, if we're following Jesus and we're close to him, we're actually growing older on the outside, but we're growing younger on the inside. There's new growth. There's new things happening. Because I, I always want to keep growing. I, I've never arrived. And I love Apollos, as gifted as, as he was. He, he, he wasn't a know-it-all. He humbly received this extra information, this extra training, this extra knowledge. And it was very powerful to him. And he kept growing. Um, so it not only takes humility, like I, I have need for growth, but then there also the active steps of actually taking those steps to, to, to grow. Um, um, uh, it's sad to me sometimes when I, I look at people I've known for a long time, and maybe you know somebody like this, um, and they've, they've just stopped growing. Um, maybe they, they came to kind of a plateau in their growth spiritually or in their impact in ministry, or they're looking back to the old days when, when I did this or when I did this or when I did this, but they've kind of stopped maturing and growing. And I, I want to be like Apollos, 
I want to say, yeah, I've got some areas spiritually where I need to grow. And there's some area, there's so much I still don't know that I still need to learn in, in the word of God that God is teaching me. And I, I've shared this with you guys before, but I, I truly, sincerely mean this. I learn something from the Bible new every single day. There's so much wisdom and knowledge in this. And there's so many areas that I have gaps in and need growth in that I'm always learning something new, either about God or, or about the Holy Spirit or about, or, or about the Christian life or the, about the church or about my character. So are, are you continuing to grow? Outwardly, yeah, we're getting older, but inwardly, are you being renewed day by day? Uh, I love Priscilla and Aquila. And by the way, Priscilla is a remarkable person because they're mentioned six times in the Bible. And normally in a, a more male-dominated culture uh, 2,000 years ago, it was almost always husband and then wife listed uh, in that order, which is, that's fine. Uh, but in, in the scriptures, Priscilla it, four times is mentioned first. So she has, she has a, she herself is a very gifted person. And, and, and she's gifted in encouraging people like she did here with uh, Apollos. Privately, they got together with him, Priscilla and Aquila, and they, they, uh, they built him up. And, and I love that. And I also love that they didn't rush in and say to Apollos, he's not ready. Instead, what they did was they got him ready. They, they, they didn't view themselves so much as, as gatekeepers or bouncers in the church where we got to, you know, stop people. Um, but they view themselves as uh, disciple makers. Um, and sure, certainly there's, there's a role for maintaining standards and gatekeeping and quality and all that kind of stuff in every aspect of life, in your workplace, in your, your family life and all that kind of stuff. But I love them that they took a positive approach to Apollos and said, he, he, he's not, he, instead of saying he's not ready, they said, let's help him get ready. And they did. And it was amazing. So humility and growth, continuing to grow, are so important in your light shining and growing as a follower of Jesus. Here's principle number four. Your heart and your friends matter. Your heart and your friends matter. Okay, here we go. It says, when he wanted to cross over to Achaia, that's Corinth, that's Apollos, he wants to go to a new place. The brothers and sisters wrote to the disciples to welcome him. So God has placed it in the heart of Apollos. He says, I'd really like to go to Corinth. I think I can help out there in that new church. And so he had this idea of, of this heart, this passion for wanting to do more, to expand the kingdom of God, to grow himself spiritually and others. And he was ready for a new adventure. But... His friends also mattered. The friends in the church, actually, it says, they wrote to the disciples at Corinth to welcome him. In other words, they, they backed him up. They affirmed him. They said, yeah, this guy's legit. And we do need that kind of guidance from friends sometimes. Because sometimes there are times when we're really not ready, when we're jumping ahead of God, and we rely on the affirmation of the people of God and, and, and the feedback we get from friends. So are we open to that sort of direction? Uh, are we open to, to our friends saying, yeah, go for it. And if they say, wait a minute, let's, let's, let's talk about this. Let's pray about this. Or did you consider this? Or do we just shut them off? Or do we and just go with our passions? Or, or do we listen to the wisdom and the affirmation of, and feedback of other people in our lives. Um, 
It's been said, um, he who has himself for an attorney has a fool for a client. So if it's just you out there on your own and you're defending it and you're just by yourself and you think you could do it all by yourself, you're, you're making a, a, an unwise decision. Your heart and passion matter, but having friends that can kind of uh, encourage you, but also, you know, sometimes we get a little out of bounds. We need those good friends that can say, well, hey, hang on, uh, you know, where are you going with that? And they keep us in those guardrails. Um, and then the last principle is your effort and your impact matter. So you put all these things together and look what happened. Uh, look what effort Apollos made and look what impact he made. It says, after Apollos arrived, he was a great help to those who by grace had believed. He actually made a huge impact. He was a great help. I, I'd like to think, and I know you'd like to think that somebody in this life along the way a brother and sister in Christ, a neighbor, a community member, that you actually are a great help to them through your workplace, in the church, in the community. You're a great help. Apollos was. He used his gifts, his ability, his passions, his knowledge, his humility, and he was great help to people because that's what humble, uh, godly people can do. They're great help. And it says, for he vigorously refuted the Jews in public, demonstrating through the scripture that Jesus is the Messiah. In other words, he was not only uh, tender-hearted and willing to help, he also was tough. He was kind of like a soldier who had a tender heart. Uh, you know, one of the best pictures I love of, of, of military folks oftentimes is when, and you've seen them, pictures of, of soldiers, men or women, who are, are holding little babies or who are helping little children because the warriors, the soldiers, they're tough. Uh, they, they know how to engage uh, when there's, uh, when there's a, a discussion or there's an enemy. Uh, they know how to push back if necessary. That's what Apollos was doing. He had to refute people who were blaspheming Jesus, who said he's not the Messiah. He had to say, well, wait a minute, from the scriptures, actually he is the Messiah. He pushed back on that. But he also had this tender heart. He, he cared about people's spiritual growth. And it says he was a great help to them. So you put all these together, all these traits and everything together, and we learn that it all matters. So remember our mission as a church? We're mobilizing everyone's God-given potential to deeply love Christ and their neighbors. We want you to be a part of that mission. And the way that we do that, the way that we see that happening is, is just living for God, to love God and to love our neighbors. And that means pursuing bold faith in God. We take bold faith moves like I'm going to ask you to do in just a minute. And we build community bridges. I'm also going to ask you about that. To love and influence half a million Des Moines neighbors. So I'm going to ask you if you're in person to take a card, that bold faith card, fill it out top and bottom identically. And uh, one of them is for your bold uh, faith move for spiritual growth. And the other is for spiritual influence. And I want you to write down in the little circle, or if you're, I'll explain in a moment how you do this online. In the circle, you write a number for your spiritual uh, growth, bold faith move, and then a letter for your uh, spiritual influence. It'll all become clear in just a moment. By the way, if you are online, uh, you can do all of this and you can do it uh, uh, on your own. Text the word bold faith. You might want to take a, a screenshot of this. Text bold faith to 515-644-1021. And we'll put that up at the end of our time. 
So guys, uh, I just want to throw out some options for you, all right? Real quick. Uh, bold faith moves in your area of growing your own spiritual life. Maybe for you it's number one. It's spiritual practices and opportunities. Like, there, there, you know, I need to read the Word of God. I, I, need to, I need to take advantage of some of the opportunities the church offers to me to grow. Second is worship with God's people. Maybe for some of you, this is the biggest thing, is that you want to get really consistent or to grow in your regular participation with the body of Christ. Third is Christian community. Join a life group or to get into a support group or get into a prayer group or, or a men's uh, movement with cross trainers or, or, women's, uh, or women's ministries. Number four is maybe the bold faith for you this year is to, to, uh, to uh, really make some improvements in some of your friendships, your relationships. Maybe there's something that needs to happen in your family. And that's your year-long goal. Your bold faith move is to, to take steps uh, to see God lead you to strengthen those. Number five is you, you feel like you're ready for some spiritual leadership. And that looks different ways for different people, but maybe you're stepping into some new opportunities to actually lead other people spiritually, and you're ready to take on that challenge. Another is first fruits and generosity. That is, you, you give away your life. You, 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 uh, you, you give what God has provided, and this is a big, maybe a scary move for you, but you say, I'm going to give God the first fruits of what I earn. I want to be extra generous this year. Maybe that's your bold faith move. That, number eight, is uh, seven is character growth. Maybe there's an area of your life where you say, I, I really need to grow in patience or in compassion or in, um, in perseverance, whatever it might be. Number eight, uh, crossing boundaries. That is, maybe you need to, to say, I, I need to befriend some people or deepen a relationship with someone who's different than I am, who, who, who uh, isn't just like me, and you want to extend friendship that way. And number nine is, you'd like to get involved in volunteering or serving. So look at all of these, and we'll put them up at the end, and choose one of them and say, this is it. And then the large blank area on the card, you can give more detail if you want, all right? Here's the second one, and this is for spiritual influence. And here, I'm going to ask you to put a letter in the circle, and uh, here's where you impact the light in, uh, in your own life. Uh, the first area is, uh, is to join Alpha. Maybe you're a, a spiritual explorer. Maybe you don't really understand uh, uh, everything about Christianity that you'd like to understand. You just have questions or doubts or you're even a skeptic. Please write A and we'll get you linked up to Alpha. B is you'd like to build some bridges like um, to people in your life that are non-Christians. And you have some personal connection point that you could use your abilities, your gifts, your interests to make an impact. C is you'd like to uh, join one of the many church community bridges that we offer. And there's lots of those available. So if you're interested in pursuing that as your bold faith move this year, write C. D is you'd like to uh, do what we call that 3D1 process. Identify that one life in your lot in, in, that God has put in your pathway. And then with those folks, develop the friendship, discover their stories, and then discern the next steps. Maybe in your area of spiritual influence, uh, it's this letter, E. And that is, you just want to make a bigger impact in your neighborhood. Get to know your neighbors. Begin to befriend them more. Maybe get the whole neighborhood connected more so you're building bridges to the good news of Jesus. Uh, a letter F is the workplace. You say, I, I really feel like that's my opportunity for spiritual influence is in my workplace. And I really want to pursue that big time this year. And then G, the last one is, you know, I... I 
I am just really not certain about anything spiritually, and I have a lot of questions. I'd just like to join a small group where I can just ask those questions. You could get into G, Spiritual Discovery Group. So check those all out. Write one of those letters down for your spiritual growth and uh, the, the numbers for spiritual growth, and then write one of the letters for your spiritual influence. And then you can turn that in. And we'll, we do this every year. We want to celebrate this with you. And we want to see God make a big impact in your life. Okay, guys, uh, we've, we've, we've shared a lot with you today. We're going to close just with a time of prayer together. And if you could just uh, join me in this. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for every person who's hearing this message and this incredible story of a man named Apollos. And a, a guy who was so gifted and uniquely wired, and yet he was a humble man. And he, he grew as a believer, but he also shared the good news of Jesus. Your, your, your incredible life, Lord Jesus. Your, um, your, your, your death and resurrection for us. And you're offering uh, eternal life to us. So for each one of us today, help today to be the day that we make that bold faith move. And to not be Mr. or Ms. Irrelevant but to make a difference and make an impact. And all this I pray in Jesus' name, amen.